Hey everybody, welcome to another amazing episode of The Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, joined by Andrew Harlick, and this is going to be episode 120 with Los Angeles-based motion designer and director, Casey Hupke, who joins us this week to discuss the perks of working from home, the age-old debate of Mac versus PC with tons of tech nerd talk to boot. I know you guys have been asking a lot of questions about what I'm doing with my PC build, so we talk a bit about that. And uh, we get into some information about the game he's developing with his wife, which is going to be really fun. Also, check out the art education platform that I'm building with Andrew, uh, Anthony Jones, and Maciej Kuchata. We'll be sharing more info in the coming weeks. And if you'd like to stay up to date, please sign up for our newsletter at www.learnsquared.com. Lots of fun stuff going on with that. I know you guys are going to dig it. It's really good stuff. So if you want to learn about how I do the things that I do and these other talented guys, check this out. So here we go, everybody. Episode 120. Let's roll. Let's talk about all kinds of good stuff. I mean, we've been talking back and forth through basically like Twitter once a month. Me, you and I talk. Yeah. Hey, look at this. Look at that. Okay. (laughs) I'll see you next month on Twitter for like one comment. (laughs) I think it's, I think it happens like when we've both sort of lulled out in like work and we happen to be on Twitter around the same time. Because basically if someone doesn't post a tweet in like the window of 20 minutes that I use Twitter in the morning or 20 minutes in the evening, then it's like. I don't interact with anyone but those 20 people in the top of the feed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same same here. I don't really actually use Twitter um, all that much anymore, actually. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, some of my friends are, like, really hooked on that shit, and they're all about it. One of them. Aren't you into it, Andrew? You're really active on that yeah, shit? Yeah, Twitter's awesome. I mean, I haven't used it a lot recently. I mean, just for running, like, the podcast Twitter and our cafe and stuff like that, but my personal Twitter, I've made tons of friends on there. Like I'm pretty sure I met you on Twitter. Did we? I thought you emailed me though. I think you emailed me. Well, I probably followed you on Twitter or found you through Twitter. Mm. Yeah. I don't use it too much, but I, I found it kind of funny because we were kind of talking back and forth through, um, just Twitter. And I guess, I guess it has a purpose because of those exact reasons. So it was kind of funny, but, um, yeah, and then I saw you were doing some more Seagraph stuff. Um, you've been busy, obviously, and then we've kind of almost crossed paths at Zoic, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I after our, after I left, the, I was uh, I talked to my friend there, Matt Thanell, and he was like, "Yeah, Ash was just working on some DataViz stuff," and I was like, "Oh yeah, cool." <laughs> yeah, small world. Yeah, I think they mentioned that you were there, and I was like, "Oh, why don't you just have him do that?" You know, so <laughs> <laughs> he knows he's, way more than me about Cinema 4D. So, but um, he's not here anymore. <laughs> he's not here. We have upset him. <laughs> what happened? Didn't, we didn't feed Long him Oreos, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> I demand my nine o'clock Oreo, bitches. <laughs> Why isn't everyone eating Oreos at nine? Yeah, no one's, no one's even here yet. I demand I'm here this. Alone. <laughs> Yeah, what are you doing now? What's 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 going on? Like, what's up with work? Um, since I lo- since uh, like last November when I left part of ways with Zoic, um, I've been actively trying to just stick to uh, non-commercial projects like installations and uh, concerts, and it's been working out pretty well. I haven't I haven't touched a commercial in almost a year, oh, so it's okay. that's good. Just been weird large format long form abstract shit like people kind of shit right yeah 
Yeah, because that's what Beeple, I think that's what Beeple does. Uh, Mike does a lot of that for his living, I think, which is like concert visuals and just madness. Yeah. Yeah, because you were doing like a long stint of just commercials after commercials. And um, what does that do to your mind? Is it, did it upset your mind? Or did you figure out, did you like, did you find a rhythm? Some of my friends love doing commercials and some of them really hate doing them. Um, there's various reasons for both of those things, obviously. But um, yeah, what was your experience and why are you doing concert visuals now instead of commercials? Well, I found that, you know, I liked doing commercials like I did. I worked on this huge string of Exxon commercials that was just like a total reprieve of like the IBM data baby stuff. and. Oh, yeah. the, the AT&T globe, like all that, like, you know, like the, the Tron legacy era boom of, uh, thin lines and particles just like came mm-hmm. back super hard on these Exxon commercials. And, uh, then I took a job at Zoic and, um, I worked on a bunch of commercials there. Then Zoic and I parted ways and I was just like, man, I'm just like so tired of grinding on these 30 and 60 second commercials that just kind of get fast forwarded through they have no real like like moral background to them for like what i want to do creatively like i'm making cool stuff and i'm making good friends and making you know obviously you know it's motion design and some of us are super fortunate to make a great living on it but uh i just wasn't having like fun anymore and i just felt myself kind of like getting very quickly to this mode of open cinema you know make like some thing Hell and yeah. like, that's the noise too which and button everyone, is that is that the x particle button it's a shift c uh shift kaka <laughs> yeah, <shift> <laughs> and, and then just just make something and then make something again and then make 95 versions until like you don't even know if it's good enough anymore it's just like <laughs> it's time for it to ship redundancy yeah <laughs> and it's like i think version four was probably good enough <laughs> yeah um <laughs> And I did a I did some uh, concert stuff uh, when I was uh, like uh, resident creative director at this company called Possible. I actually worked with uh, Beeple on uh, a Nicki Minaj concert um, years and years ago, and I loved doing that. And I wanted to get back to doing weird installation stuff. Met this guy uh, out in Ohio who had. Uh, just started a company with this huge company in London called Third Co. Um, they started a branch in uh, uh, Ohio slash LA. They had uh, U2's tour coming up and they were like, hey, you want to come do U2? And I was like, uh, yeah, fuck it. Let's do this. And that was, <laughs> so that became like three months of my life. Hmm. And uh, it just reminded me like just being in front of these like massive stages. Oof, so gnarly. I, just, I- U2 is like one of those bands, one of the very few leftover bands from the era that really can sell out such massive, massive theater, like cathedral-sized stadium madness. Yeah. 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 So just being a, like kind of being back in that mode of like make video content that's a part of a bigger thing and only people, only make people see it is by showing up and experiencing this whole palette. Yeah. And, like you know being there and watching people and like then you know having our stuff that we did like reviewed on you know huge blogs and stuff saying that you know you two did it again the band that made big screen content at concerts a thing came back and did it again it was like <laughs> it was it was super like affirmation yeah it was like just just blew me away like, like a I was me so, mom <laughs> Woo. yeah I, I didn't even tell my my mom and dad that i was 
out in Pennsylvania working on it. They just my dad called me one day and was like, "Hey, where are you?" I was like, "Oh, I'm in Pennsylvania." What are you doing in Pennsylvania? Oh, I'm working on U2's concert. What? What? Okay. <laughs> Obviously, we need to have a longer conversation. It sounds like busy right now, though. <laughs> That's rad. What do your parents think of you? What you do? Uh, they are super just blown away. Like they every time I talk to them, um, they you know they give me that like I can't believe you do this. Like, <laughs> it's insane. You didn't like cause I didn't go to school for this, and I didn't go to art school or anything. Uh, That's you know, awesome. I, just kind of fell down some luck stairs into a successful career in motion design. I love those Forrest Gump stairs. Those are the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Gump your way around through things. That's awesome. Now, it's obviously uh, for people that aren't aware of who you are. Check out, if you don't know who you are, we'll have links, but um, like you should check out like your NAB stuff or your CGRAPH presentations just to see like how in depth you understand these things and inquisitive ways of understanding these kind of like applications and programs because yeah it's really interesting and i imagine it must be pretty unique so because you're saying you don't have like a formal education in art then um do you have a formal education past like high school or are you into like the college thing did you do that and if so what 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 did you study when you're in like the next level of education I did uh, I did high school until about 16, and then I found out that there was this thing in California called the Chespi, which is basically a equivalency diploma, mm. but it's available to anyone over the age of 16, and it's a pass or fail test. 60% was pass, and it, it tested you on uh, ninth grade knowledge of math, English, science, and an essay. And I had been in uh, the GATE program in Arizona, which was... 10th grade level education at 8th grade so I didn't really have any fears about passing this test so <laughs> I just kind of ditched school until the test was available to my age and then started junior college and uh, just kind of dicked around for a year and a half taking computer science classes and uh, dwindled around doing nothing uh, productive just being like a punk brat crust kid you know going to animal rights protests and uh, you know, drinking forties and eating <laughs> eating vegan made uh, Jack in the Box. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I gotta get some more information about this uh, vegan uh, animal rights uh, Casey from back in the day. Are you still oh, are you still into all that stuff too? Uh, I'm I'm politically sort of not. I mean, like I don't. I, I make an active attempt to be a good person morally when it comes to things like that are edible but food is just the most awesome thing in the world so you only eat one bite of the chicken (laughs) no no i eat i eat everything okay Uh, um uh i i'm not but you know i don't my wife and i actively try to avoid like the evils the evil companies yeah fucking chipotle no, no, I'm not just joking. Chipotle is great. I'm just messing. Ch- Chipotle is good. My main, my main whole like hang up on it was out of nowhere. Like everyone was like, "Dude, Chipotle is the best thing in the world, right?" And I was like, "I'm sorry, who are you?" I just <laughs> sat down at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Hey, I want. I have this thing I want to tell you about. It's called Chipotle. Makes your butthole bleed for days. <laughs> so good." Like yeah. everyone went from like. I've actually never been sick from Chipotle. I love that place. No, I've never gotten sick from eating it either. And um, when I did, my wife and I did paleo for months. Oh, yeah? I did that and, too. How was that? 
uh, it was one of those things where like I, I feel really good, like this is good eating, like I, this feels healthy, exercises showing benefits with this diet. But then we came back to it where it's like just food in general is just it's all so good. Like it is. <laughs> there's there's nothing in the world that's worth giving up. Like enjoying food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like denying yourself food is like. I never understood. Oh, I guess it makes sense. Like the whole monk thing, like no abstinence. I'm like, dude, just, you're missing out, man. This, <laughs> this thing called sex is fucking so awesome. Like it's one of the best things ever. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's, it's not like, it's not like food is, I mean, to some people, okay, to, to everything can be something terrible to someone, sure. but food, food inherently is just, it's like something that you share you know, and something that you do and eat and you you need to survive, but it's also like a beautiful, like movement, you know, like there's, there's hipster ass food trucks everywhere. Yeah. 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 And and they're all good. You're in LA still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some big cuisine scene up there. Yeah. There's amazing food. Like there's just like, there's a barbecue spot. That's like, uh, an eighth mile from my house that makes just amazing pulled pork. My wife and I walked down there a bunch. Um, but yeah, just we love food. She cooks all the time. She is like her Instagram is basically just the meals that she makes and uh, oh yeah, all food porn ones. I love those Instagrams. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go eat it's some food now. Food <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I love yep. I love me some food. I love cooking. Do you like to cook too? Uh, I don't like to cook too much. I mean, I like cooking, but it's like uh, my I always joke with my wife about it, like. She's so good at cooking. Like, for example, yesterday we had to go to a brunch and they were like, oh, do you want me to bring something? And she, they were like, oh, yeah, bring a breakfast item. So she makes what she what, what's called overnight French toast, where she she took these two fresh made French baguettes, oh, man. chopped them up to like croutons, whipped them up in eggs and cinnamon and nutmeg. And, oh, no. And, and then just like lets it sit like overnight. Oh, and, man. <laughs> and then bakes it with fresh made whipped cream and cream cheese. Oh, and, just bakes that all together. Then she, fr- she from scratch made blueberry syrup, and brings it over to these people's brunch house. That's uber porny, right there. Oh man, so dude. Good. So we bring it over, and they have like eggs and bacon and like a watermelon salad. And my wife's like, "Oh, I just made this old thing." <laughs> yeah, I just whipped it up this morning. <laughs> While she was making that, she was also making potato salad to bring to a barbecue today. I um, I'm a fan of your wife. That sounds <laughs> awesome. She sounds so, awesome. <laughs> so we, so we always joke like enjoy if that. I, if I cooked, like you know, it'd be like me having her like do some cinema stuff. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> she, she, where she, is she, that mouse again? What's this thing? Ah, she, my eyes. <laughs> she could figure it out, but like everyone will be disappointed in what came out of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, cooking is just a thing that. I, I, cause I used to cook professionally in restaurants and stuff before I, it was just what I did to pay the bills. And, uh, before I did it professionally, I, I would do it for myself because I just had no way else to cook for me. And my mom was a, was a chef growing up. She's an incredible cook. And the thing I always tell people that are curious or wanting to cook or, you know, say they can't cook. I always say like, it's just a learned thing. And if you know what you like to eat, it's pretty fucking simple to do. You just, just dissect what you like to eat and then boom, you make it. It's pretty easy. And then you just follow that kind of rabbit hole into, until you're making epic French toast overnight, bakey goodness, you know, yeah, <laughs> into oblivion of amazing flavors. So that's awesome. And I really love, 
I really love food. I, I find there to be a, a quite a similar um, consistency in, in food and, and all the way into what we do, um, which is art and design and even motion graphics stuff. I, f- I feel like it's all very similar. Um, depends on your style of cooking, but it's like, oh, oh, I like this flavor. I like this style. And it's very much the same to cooking. It's like you put these ingredients in and then you get that outcome, you know? That's same true. That's, that's 100% true. One of the things that like I, I always talk about when anyone asks me, like the like the interview questions of like, oh, so you know, what do you try to bring to the pieces that you work on? I'm like, oh, well, it's I always try to think about like the tiny little animations and the tiny little moving pieces that your brain's not really like visually aware of, but it's subconsciously aware of. And that's what chefs are always like super about too. They're like, they're not going to know lemons in there, but they're going to know lemons in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's kind of like one of the. I think that's kind of like a high level thinking way of going about it, like. Um, it's that extra 10% on top of the hundred, you know, it's, people don't really realize it. I was talking about this with a friend of mine the other day about, um, people might rant or talk shit to me about this, but Apple products, for example, like Apple products are filled with those things. Um, yeah, 100%. They're, just, they're just riddled all over the place with these things, these little subtle nuances that don't seem like they're significant at, at alone. But when you cl- clump them all together, the experience is just like, just that much better and it makes it worth that much more absolutely um, but i made fun of the apple watch until like walking into the store to buy one like uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was announced and, and like basically out of my mouth the entire time was it looks like a fucking piece of gum it looks like a chiclet oh man this thing's so stupid i'm trying it on in the store this thing's so stupid i'm not going to spend 800 dollars on this thing it's so stupid when can i pick it up cool that's so stupid why did i even buy that that's so stupid <laughs> <laughs> so how is it do you like it yeah, it's awesome. It's 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 it's. I mean, it doesn't do anything. It's just, it's just a watch. Sometimes when I go, hey Siri, it works. Most of the time, I have to hold the button down. You know, there's one store near me that supports the Apple Pay thing. Uh, uh, Maps takes forever to load. Yeah, but but still, like I love that. Like you know, it, I can look back at my heart rate and be like, all right, how how hard did I go at CrossFit today? Or mm. like you know how many calories did I, you know, supposedly burn or how many steps did I take? I like, I like all that data harvesting. Yes. And, and, and it's cool that, yeah, I'm sure I know that other uh, devices can do that. Like I had a Moto X360 before this. I'm, I'm very into gadgets and technology, Hmm. but like when you take that, when you look at the Apple watch, when you take it off your wrist and look at the back of it, like it looks as well made as like, you know, a Rolex or like a legacy timepiece. Oh yeah, of course has to be granted. This is in no way a legacy timepiece. The next one's going to have a different charger that makes this one not work anymore. And, and you're going to throw it away. (laughs) Yeah. It's fucked. It it, it makes you a terrible person, but it's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like they, they're the company that made the things that you didn't realize you needed. And then now you need them and you just dispose of it. It's weird. I, I always, one day I got taken back by Apple. Uh, I was out in the street somewhere and I saw a homeless person with a fucking iPhone. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. If homeless people are using iPhones, then this is a crazy addiction because <laughs> it is. Wild. I can't afford to feed myself or figure that out. Maybe they can. I don't know. But they're using the iPhone. Man. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, there's so Brilliant. many iPhones. Well, they're like, there's well, so yeah. many on the market. True. And this is, and- this is a while ago before they were kind of like, um, abundant though. 
Yeah. And I, I was like, what line. the fuck? I mean, maybe he found it or I don't know what the hell the story was, but I just was tripping out. And then, you know, then I see kids and I see people that n- totally can't and shouldn't be affording this thing. And they're just, they're, they're like coming out of the food stamp line with their new iPhone 10 or whatever. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's pretty ironic, but it's, you know, it's addictive technology. I, I personally love wearable technology too. It's definitely where things are going. I love the data too. Um, I was going to get the Apple watch. I just couldn't wait. So I have the, the Garmin Viva smart, which is pretty fucking awesome. Like I really like oh, it. Oh, that thing's really cool. It's killer. It's really, um, durable, like incredibly durable. Um, I go swimming with it cause we have a pool now and I go swimming with it. I go running okay. or ride a bike. Um, I slap Andrew around with it. I get extra bonus points for that. It, <laughs> it listens to the audio slap. And it's like, oh, this is a good job. And Siri gives me a pat. It's awesome. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love giving you shit. It's a late night podcast, everybody. So we're getting a little loose. Getting a little loose. <laughs> well, I want to talk to you um, a bit about the PC build because on my standing desk right now, and we should talk about standing desks too, because I think you're an advocate for that as well, right? I do like standing desks. Okay. I, I, I like a standing desk plus drafting chair. Because oh, fancy boy. Sitting down too long is terrible for you. Yes. Standing up too long is terrible for you. Yes. Anything that you do for a prolonged period of time is terrible for you. Set make out. Yeah, actually, I think that probably. <laughs> Don't say it. No, yeah, you get rash. I've tried it. Yeah chafe mouth Ugh. <laughs> high school mouth <laughs> yeah. my, my no, jaw hurts so bad yeah, whoa <laughs> yeah no totally i mean anything too much of anything is bad um yeah so you have a a drafting like a stool that you sit on for yeah. a little bit did you see that one like that tilting leaning kind of lean into stool kind of so you lean so i have seen those yeah they're really expensive though i was like oh that looks good and i was like what the fuck two thousand bucks or something like that i was like dude i'm not gonna buy a chair for that much man yeah no thanks swedes <laughs> yeah thanks a lot swedish but, <laughs> but then then again i have the the herman Mira, miller like crazy xenomorph backed chair thing oh uh, like, those are so comfortable they are they are really comfortable it's like the embody that's what it's called yeah embody. yeah oh they, those are so nice that's kind of one of the reasons why i want standing desks Cause I was like, I'm not going to drop like $1,500 on a chair. How can I get out of this situation and not be shunned by other designers? I know how I'll stand up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to um, see, so I got that next desk and uh, it was really awesome, beautiful stuff. And, but it was, I'm really tall and I know you're tall as well. And when you get that shit up there, like in the skyscraper range, it wiggles a lot. So I was like, I had to return that unfortunately. And I went to this other company, like make the human solution or something. I got these four legs, just the legs. And I threw it on my, like, my table that I've had since like 10 years now, it's this epic old drafting table, like full on real wood and stuff. That's nice. awesome. And it really works well. I just, I just got it set up a couple of days ago. So if anybody's in, cause I know a lot of people are asking me about it. Um, I don't, I'm not sponsored by them or anything like that. I don't care. It's just, I like the good, yeah, I feel like a lot, I feel much more energized for the day. Um, sitting just makes me feel shitty, especially after you eat and just like, uh, food sitting in me and I'm, it's not digesting and it's like well it is but it just ugh, i just feel like i gotta go take a nap so because yeah. you're one of those you're one of those uh satellite remote hermits as well right <laughs> yeah i don't want to be but um that I, I don't want to live in la so so, yeah, so well so yeah it's, I, 
I, I, I live in LA and for this past year I've been like, oh yeah, nah, I, I apologize, but I have just so much equipment at home. Like it's really faster and more beneficial for you if I just work here. Yeah. That's my whole ploy too. Cause I have the same, same example too. Yeah. It's nice to work from home too, especially when you I, have I your it. kid, you know, like it's nice to be around is if you can afford it. Um, it's the best way to go, I think. So, yeah, I, I've been, I, I've been super lucky this year and making it work really, really well. That's um, awesome. And it's, it's been amazing to be able to like walk upstairs and like have lunch with my son every day. That's so cool. And these are like, you know, not every, there's a very small part of the population that can do such a thing, you know? So, yeah. and it's just designing your life and making the choices though. How, you've been doing it for a while though now, right? I mean, you went away, you were doing it and then you went to Zoic for a bit and then you went back to it. Is that, am I right? Yeah. Okay. And you like it so? So far, you got good habits going on, or you got some bad stuff still going on? Because a lot of it's um, it's funny to talk to other um, stay at home like um, freelancers. There's always you know a couple you know some things that happen as far as battling time with your family and keeping the separation and unplugging and stuff like that. <clears throat> it, it's super. It's next to impossible to take time off because um, your office is your home. So yeah. it's like, well, if someone emails me and says like, hey, I need like, are you available for like a week? It's like, ah, I mean, I was just going to sit at the same desk and not make my day rate today. So, I mean, like, yeah, fuck it. I'll work this week. Honey, I'm going to work. <laughs> Pack my lunch. <laughs> um, I'm going to the office. <laughs> the The main thing that I was struggling with a lot was uh, I really, like, I'm a really, uh, extroverted person who loves talking to people hmm. and it it's one of the hardest things was not being able to communicate with an office full of people yeah on a re- so like i'm super glad that i found like slack that motion design slack like it's just it's cool to be able to just like vomit out some words and be like oh hey man i just ate a tortito chip that it was like wild anyone else have a tortito chip <laughs> and then have it's like you know faster than twitter because twitter it worked for a minute like it was like Hey, I just watched this piece. Anyone else see this thing and get like a response? Yeah. It's like, well, that wasn't a conversation, but hey, it'll do for today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's how you met Andrew then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've heard about these Slack channels. I've been invited to them, but I am very cautious of time sucks. I'm very scared of the, those things, honestly. So because <laughs> I know I'll get stuck and lost in those in that world. I guess my I guess the podcast is is that. And, and I also talk with my friends like almost every day, too. So I have that dialogue that helps a lot, too. But I know what you're saying, keeping that kind of inner dialogue and being social and being, yeah. you know, up on up and up on what's going on and stuff. I think that's really essential and it's easy to get lost in um not having that really, you know. It's super it's super easy to just like disappear into a hermit uh, yeah. and just like lose friendships. Like I have uh, a pretty small handful of like close friends in general and uh, I'm pretty fortunate to have like uh Wednesday night at our house, we have uh Dungeons and Dragons or it's actually Pathfinder. Oh, yeah? 
It's Pathfinder, but most people don't know what Pathfinder is, so I had to say Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> but yeah, we get together every Wednesday and roll some D20s, and it's... it's uh, <laughs> That's really... You know, I, I fucking like it. Everybody will um, say, nerd, whatever, but honestly, I think that's so fucking rad because there's many things why I think it's special. You get your camaraderie and your friendship, obviously, that's very important, but then you also activate a lot of imagination. Um, yeah. Like the, the role playing games and that stuff are really unique in the way that they activate um, something I feel is being la- is lacking in this civilization nowadays, which is like original imagination or playing out imagination stuff. Like it's not. It seems like everything's so spoon fed and everything's consumed so fast that people are just kind of droning out and getting into things. And um, I was actually just talking with my friend, actually my friend friend Patrick, who helped me build my computer. Um, he does that stuff too. He's, he probably is like, don't tell everybody I'm doing that, dude. <laughs> He's shy about it. And I'm like, dude, embrace your fucking nerdiness. Like, who gives a yeah. fucking shit, man? Like, it's funny and it's cool. And, like, if there's ever a time to be, like, it's okay to be a nerd, it's 2015, you know? Like, people accept oh, totally it, you know? Because everybody's doing it. Everybody's addicted to these weird things, you know? Um, and people are understanding it's okay, too. But... Um, that's really rad. Um, I've been wanting, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, man, I kind of want to do some D D and D madness, you know, <laughs> it's super fun. Oh, I got my, uh, a friend of mine, Brian, uh, my oldest friend, he, uh, he had, I would have never thought that he would have been interested in playing, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, Hey dude, do you want to, want to try this out? And for like over the last like year and a half, we've been doing these Wednesday nights. And for the most part, everyone comes every Wednesday. But you know, a lot of us work in the industry. Like there's an editor and a director and two two other motion design artists. And then there's a guy that works at NASA and then a guy that does <laughs> That's like <fucking> rad. <laughs> but it's it's a, so it's a super cool group. And uh, my buddy Brian went from never playing a game like this ever before to last week he actually GM'd uh, a session. What's and, that? He he was the game master, like he oh, ran the game master. Okay, yeah, like he ran the scenario. We all played in his world for the night, and uh, <laughs> it was awesome. That it was cool. he, he did an amazing <laughs> job. It's just activating your imagination. One one, one person I was going to say, and I was telling my friend Patrick about that um, is quite a significant person as far as pop culture is the Pen- Pendleton Ward, who created this cartoon that I absolutely adore called Adventure Time, and he's a massive. D and D nerd because he comes from that era and, 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 um, adventure time is riddled with this stuff. Like it's just filled with it. It's so much fun because like, these are things like if you're listening to this and you don't know what dungeons and dragons are like, uh, check it out. It's interesting. It's totally different. And, you know, and it's not, it's not for everybody obviously, but the thing I, like I said, I'm a huge advocate for because it activates your imagination. It allows you to, pull and push on things that don't exist within the reality and confines of reality, but allow you to kind of open up possibilities within your own mind. And in a day and age, like I said, now I just feel like so much of this stuff is just going to the, like it's just disappearing. And I think it's so key that people actively act these things out, you know? So it's hard to get, you know, five to six, you know, 30 plus year old adults <laughs> together yeah. on a weeknight yeah. to spend four or five hours That's very rolling, tough, dude. rolling 20 sided dice and saying, 
okay, well, I'm just going to grab this guy and <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm just going to jump off the, t- the edge of this building He's and so then I'm going to use my scimitar to cut his ankle on the way down. <laughs> and it's like, all right, well, roll these variable dice to see what happens. It's, and it's so like, funny. Oh, oh, I got it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then we have one buddy who went from never playing a D&D game before in his life hmm. to like, he now like gets so in character when we play, like he does voices and stuff for his character. <laughs> It, like it's awesome it's, it's just awesome. a it's just a completely like uninhibited like return to childhood for four hours yeah and i think that's well how old are you casey 30 30 okay so i'm 32 we're two years difference but we come from the same era and i think there's something really um unique and special about these things like i said and it some of it is definitely nostalgia you know like a lot of this stuff comes from my childhood um, and just, you know, all these, all a lot of this stuff basically. But um, there's something so unique about it though and so sp- special. And the, one of the main things, like I said, is just like embracing having fun and being silly and, um, you know, getting into a character and using your imagination because um, it's, it's like this example that I find. And I'm curious to see what Andrew thinks of it though. When I grew up, I read The Hobbit and I was really into D and D and all that kind of stuff and, and, and using my imagination, reading books and kind of filling worlds out. And I feel deep down and that a lot of that built me who, for who I am now, like being able to use my imagination and build things from my imagination, like using that muscle a lot. But then you have the, the next generation where everything is kind of given to you in a theater and kind of spoon fed and you go through that experience that way. I don't know if what's better, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I just find it to be really interesting from my standpoint, you know? And because Andrew is like a prime example. He hasn't read the books, right, Andrew? Yeah. You motherfucker. I've seen the movie about 800 times, though. Yeah, you love the movie. <laughs> yeah. You like the movie? You like The Hobbit? Yeah. I mean, Wait, I, I like the, the cartoon, right? No, I actually Uh-oh. hated the cartoon. Wait, you like you like Ballsack McNopoint? <laughs> <laughs> those Hobbit Dude, movies were so movies? terrible. All right, those, all right. Those, sh- those should have aired on like USA after a rerun of Monk. <laughs> they were so they oh were so God. embarrassingly bad. All right, all right. Even beyond beyond like the quality of the finished film, like at least check out some of like the behind the scenes, like sure, the, behind the, the scenes filmmaking epic, yeah. in those movies is unbelievable like that's the thing that i like the most about it is just how much detail goes into everything and like whether a lot of it i can see gets lost by the end because it did i mean the the making of is better than the the trilogy i think yeah it it sucks that like they they did all the right things to make a good movie but what they ended up with was just like movie barely able to sell action figures (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's totally true. I really the first one is the one I I I actually like the first one a lot, but the the second the or the second and third were kind of meh. Like the second one, there was there was there's like this scene. Spoiler alert: where yeah, uh, turn your where, shit off if you haven't seen this before, guys. Where Bilbo is like Go he's with books. all the dwarves going up the ridge where they're trying to find that door that only becomes visible at the exact specific time. Yeah, that it's happened to be there, and they're like, oh well. We just made this incredible journey. I guess we'll just uh, turn around and go back. Yeah. And then, and then Bilbo's like, hey, wait, guys. I, I feel like I haven't been part of this movie for about 90 minutes. So why don't I go ahead and say, well, look, look, the door. Yeah. A lot of like the weird things that happen between the second and third movie, you can tell, or like even between the first and second also, like you can tell they originally planned for it to be just two movies. Yeah. And then they 
I guess for whatever reason, probably money. money. They were money. like, yeah, yeah. They were <laughs> like, mean whatever reason. That's exactly. They were like, we got to turn this into a trilogy. New Zealand. So, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like single-handedly carrying the nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the amount of money that's just kind of produced that over there from tourism, that. cash. But yeah. back to the question about like imagination and shit like that. I mean, yeah. I think it has more to do with just upbringing. Like I've, I was a plenty imaginative kid growing up i feel like i still am yeah but what do you do to stimulate your imagination i don't know i I guess just like watch like consume as much as possible yeah besides foreign uh (laughs) consume as much as possible from like as many different realms of the world i guess and not not like physically the world but just like type different types of books and movies and just like all different kinds of input and then i remember you used to say like a while back that like a keystone of art is like bringing together different realms into like one idea and like having that kind of like remix culture where you're you're just making something special for yourself sure from all these different things that you've collected over the year in your brain well only you you are going to know what is cool to you you know yeah. so and exactly. same with imagination but this like the idea of use, using your imagination and um, how important that is. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. And I think to go back and do full circle and look at what Casey does for, for, for a profession, I mean, you're when you're in Cinema 4D, because um, that's still like your tool, right? That's your main tool? Yeah. That's yeah, your bread so- and butter right there? Like you're just a machine with that program, right? Yeah. I when I when Whenever I do get the chance to do a set of boards or like do a matte painting or something, I, I get super stoked. Like companies that I haven't worked for for a long time you know they'll shift people or have turnover and someone new will email like hey we're looking for a designer to help out with some frames remotely could you help out with this thing I'm like yeah sure and I'll start and then someone will email and be like oh hey could you actually get a, get started on some motion tests like someone <laughs> someone at the company realized that they booked me and they were like don't let him do a frame make him do, make him animate 20 minutes of content while we have him <laughs> <laughs> fuckers you're all damn it I just want to do one still image. <laughs> yeah, I just want to really focus on lensing and framing and getting a really nice composition for a moment. Do you have, do you find that to be kind of a common thing because you do motion that you get pigeonholed a little bit and is that kind of a, an issue that you have? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, like I could, if I, if I wanted to change that, I know that there are steps that I can make to actively, sure. you know, go against that. And, and to be honest, like I love just like being at the helm of a scene with some frames for reference and then being like, okay, well I see that still image and I see what they were attempting to convey with this, like with this design. Now let's analyze this nuance by nuance and make all the systems and then go crazy and make it move. Yeah. I really love doing that. That's rad. So that's like kind of what gets you going as far as challenges. So you like the the problem solving and all that good stuff. Yeah. If there's like a, my favorite thing is when someone's like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out how to do this thing. Like when I hear that sentence, I'm like, Oh, yes. <laughs> really? That's <laughs> the worst talk. sentence. I'm like, fuck, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, my buddy, Michael Wrigley, he's the same way. I think too. He's like, all right, let's figure this out. And yeah, you, I think the thing with cinema my favorite thing about using it is just the alchemy of throwing things in the pot and pulling out what it's like, Oh, I'm going to throw all these things in here and see what happens. 
And the scariness of that is for me, it's like, it's very inconsistent. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to see and sit here and spin until like I pull a rabbit out of my ass, you know, like I'm wondering what is going to come out of here. But for somebody like yourself who understands the parameters and the, the language of it much more, I'm sure you have like, you know what to expect out of certain outcomes and stuff. Do you still find yourself surprised when you're using this program and always constantly learning new things or, um, and, yeah, do, and do I, you get into that too? Yeah. I mean, um, I've kind like right now I'm in the, I'm in like the, I'm in the position of like, if someone came at me with something in cinema, like, Hey, how can I do this? Like I, I'm positive that for most projects or applications, like I could answer how to do it. And if I'm it's not possible, you. <laughs> okay. Prepare to get lots of emails from me. That's rad. That's and, really fucking cool. And then ever since, um, ever since they, uh, the Houdini engine got, and I got smattered across like every application I've been sort of like for the past like year I've been building tools and stuff in Houdini as well to fit like certain use cases but uh, for the most part like I just love cinema's integration with everything even like the Houdini engine in cinema like I love building things in Houdini and then saving them as a digital asset and bringing them into cinema to put back in that world because yeah. it's, it's bridge to octane is just like unrivaled and it's Arnold bridge is just so good. So yeah. C4D is a powerful program and they sponsor the podcast. What's up bitches? Yeah. <laughs> do they really? Yeah, they do. Then they're big fans of what we do. And I'm That's obviously awesome. always kind of, and there's a lot of people ask me, well, how do you do that? What do you do with this thing? And I'm always like, well, just cinema 4d. That's really the only program that I know that somewhat in 3d. And it's just a really great program through and through. Um, let's segue into the PC build because you were one of the people I think on Twitter, I was like, I, I don't know, months back, I was like, okay, I need to build a PC now. It's just getting to the time. Like I need big boy pants. Now I need to get out of these tightly fitting Mac Apple pants <laughs> that I've been wearing since I've been a kid and I've been using Apple products. Um, I remember when I made this shift and it was just one of the best experiences because it was like, finally I can just do my work and I have to focus on anything else like antiviruses and all that shit. And this is when windows was really just taking a dive and it was really turning really shitty actually. Yeah. And now, um, looks like windows is getting a little bit better. Um, it's been, I'm trying to think about it. It's been probably about 10 years that I've been using Apple products and I really love them. So to make this shift and there's a lot of people I know listening to this and are curious as well that are trying to make the shift or just curious if they can get more power out of it. I haven't used my PC. I just got it today, like back and built. Um, it's pretty crazy. The, what I ended up getting was, uh, I did all server grade stuff. So I did a dual Xeon. Um, I think it's like a 2.6 total of like 16 cores or 32. I can't remember. Um, and then I got the two 980 TIs in there and then all these other things and like a shit ton of Ram as well. Um, awesome. But I'm excited. You know, it's in a huge ass case. I have nine fucking 140 mil fans in there. So it's really quiet, but it's pushing a lot of air, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, yeah. Because I know when you run those GPUs, they get hot as shit. So, yeah. Um, and the GPUs are like overclocked and stuff from the, the manufacturer too. So I can get some more smash out of those. So, um, but my goal is um, I got really inspired when I saw Raul Marx, uh, his piece that he did 
for semi-permanent and I was like dude this guy did it all himself like fuck my life like what am I doing <laughs> like how come I'm not figuring this out and so I was really inspired and I found out that he was using a PC and he was using Octane and stuff and um, there's been a lot of people like um, people has been using it for a long time you just mentioned it um, and it's, these are just tools and they don't necessarily are the means to the end but they're they're very important obviously because they do help you get to where you you're after you know yeah and so um, but yeah, I don't know. Let's talk a bit about that because you built your own PC and you're like, you're big on like, just build your shit, dude. Do your own thing. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love building PCs. Like, like, I got into motion design as an IT guy and moved my way up from an IT guy to a designer. And uh, I just, I, I was Mac, like diehard Mac dude for for years and years and years and years. Like, even my home now that I live in, my wife and I have had it for. A little over five years now, all my routers and stuff are still, uh, you know, airport extremes because when we moved in here, it was, you know, a Mac mini server was my HTPC to run all my, you know, movies and stuff on the TV. I had a Mac Pro downstairs. She has a, had a power book. I had a power book. We all have iPads and iPhones and stuff. It was all Mac all the time. Yeah. And then um, I just started hitting this wall and I was like, it, it really came down to Apple, like, not refreshing the mac pro line for yeah. a long time it was it Fuck, was just really it was this really weird window where it was like okay what are they doing because their laptops are getting really nice yeah and the iphone's super cool but they're dropping they're dropping the ball here and there on these certain refreshes and then final cut x happened and yeah. I, when that when that happened i was like okay guys this is this is literally the, the end of apple like this is they're not going to be for people like us who are yeah. like serious professionals trying to do bigger projects outside of like look i made a video of my daughter taking a dump you know it's like come on i'm trying yeah. to do real shit here you know but but even like even to the extent where I was like, well, it's not going to happen now. And even to this point, like those new Mac Pro trash cans are they're really cool machines. Like I love the way they look, but I, there's something that was so like liberating, like breaking away from the chain of the OS 10 desktop crowd where because it's it's no if you say like ah, I'm thinking about getting a Mac, no one's going to go like, oh, pfft. Come yeah. on, and seriously, seriously, yeah. <laughs> but if you're like, oh, I'm thinking about getting a, building a PC, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you <laughs> suck. Have fun with that. Yeah, die. I was like, why is that? Why is that the thing? <laughs> and this doesn't make, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, well, why, it does why is because it PC so like- isn't easier. It isn't sometimes but you have to be ready for it. It's a whole different mindset, I think. Yeah, for, to me, again, coming from a computer science, sure, IT okay, world, yeah, it was just like, no, it's just like, it's the. I run After Effects and Cinema. Yeah, that's if, true. If, if, if I lo- if I boot the computer into Windows and run their benchmarks, I can see where it works faster. Yeah. So why, why would I want to work slower just because I have a better app store with cooler to-do list applications <laughs> and better a better calendar? Yeah, uh, yeah, when that's I, pretty I, much it. Yeah. When I open the application itself, like the only thing that's different is the hotkeys. Yeah. And if you really care that much, like there's applications out there within, you know, four seconds of Googling, you could find a way to use a Mac keyboard and that's swap what I'm going to be doing. Around. And even after that, I was like, I don't even give a shit anymore. Like I just, I threw away the, the, the Mac chiclet keyboard I had and ordered <laughs> one of those like all blacked out murdered DOS keyboards. Oh shit. The super mm. programmy kind. Yeah. The super programmy kind with uh, no letters on it. My buddy's got oh, one of those. Those are gangster, dude. Dude, when if I used I, when I do go on site places, I take the thing with me, like, and what? some 
someone will always passive aggressively put a different keyboard on my desk. <laughs> just because it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a typewriter. They're super beastly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's there's something so cool about building your own computer. Like, it's like, a, like I love the game. Uh, I, I love like uh, Xenogears and uh, that whole world of, as you, as you do too, the whole mech world, like the whole like Metal Gear world and the Xeno world. And sure. it's, and they're all very on, into it, like building and tuning their own. Uh, so, well, you're oh, you're a car like, guy too. too. Yeah, yeah, we're a big, we're big car guy. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love cars. Like if I didn't, I, I think I love cars just like 0.0001% less than I do art. And it just depends on my mood. Sometimes I love cars way more. And if I wasn't doing art, I'd probably be like building cars, like really sick, crazy ones because yeah, I just love them so much. They're so much fun and yeah. the biggest pain in the ass too. They're cause it, because they're very honest though. If like, you don't know what you're doing, you're fucked. So you got to be ready for it. <laughs> and that's kind but, of the thing I ran into with the PC. I was like, ah, oh, crap, this is too much. Even just like the font, the fan modular. Cause I got like a fan controller too and running nine fans trying to get them all in the right thing and then the, th- the thermostat in the right spot and it's just like man i got i gotta get back to work i don't have time to be sitting digging around with this like for all all day you know so yeah it's kind of an it was kind of a stupid decision for me actually shouldn't have done that i like to do well like it's like when i would doing like when you're building the pc and you get all the fans in yeah and, and you want to get that airflow right like you know, there's probably someone out there that hearing this would go like, what? No. And flip <laughs> over a table. But like, I'll just take an incense stick, light it, and then, you know, turn the computer on and make sure the smoke goes in the hole it's supposed to go in and comes back out the hole it's supposed to come out. Nice. And, and make sure I have it going in all directions. Once that's good, I know it's good. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. I'm going to do that shit uh, myself. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, dude, I have to put my computer up on the desk too, because uh, I have a dog and he has long ass hairs. Like one of his hairs I saw the other day off his tail was like seven inches or something. Like, dude, that shit's not getting to my computer. And you're like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> Turn oh, into a big giant, like Gandalf computer just flying around. <laughs> yeah. I've got a, I've got a, a Husky who's okay. got just tons of hair, but dude, fortunately- he must be loving this summer. <laughs> He's like, fuck you guys, take me to Alaska, please. Yeah. <laughs> so I can wonder- pull your ass around on a sled. <laughs> well, since the advent of uh, central air conditioning, yeah. uh, we can we can live wherever we want and have all kinds of obscure pets. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm happy about this. As long as you're paying the bills, I'm okay with this situation. <laughs> yeah, the air conditioning is the least of my problems. I have a, a GPU cluster uh, oh, two, no. well, two now. I have two GPU clusters with four 780 Ti's on each one, <laughs> and, each, and each one has uh, a 1600 watt power supply. <laughs> oh, your electric bill must be really nice. Did you have to change the uh, the outlets in your house to do that? Like to at least 20 gauge um, wire, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you, and you own your own house too, so you were able to do that? Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see because I have a 1300 watt in my PC now. You'll be fine. Yeah, I think I should be fine with the 15 gauge. I just I have to pull the wall out, or the socket out just to check though and make sure I'm not frying anything. So, but my house is new. It's like 2007, 2008. So, um, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're going to be great. And if you don't have the three holes, you know, it's totally safe to pull that third prong off the bottom of the power supply and put just put it in. Really. <laughs> No. No, no, shut up. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
<laughs> you fucker. <laughs> I, I have done that before as when I was younger, like, you know, with the, you had to move the TV, the TV, <laughs> the TV that your new TV sitting on into the bedroom. So you and your friends can play video games. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man, this wall doesn't have three prongs. Uh, we could probably just break this bottom one off, right? Yeah, fuck it. Let's just do it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I remember those days. I was actually having a flashback with a friend of mine this weekend talking about, um, just Nintendo games and ColecoVision and all that kind of stuff. Man, it was like really tripping me out. And I was thinking about how difficult those games were back then too. Um, I don't know if you've played games at all or if you play them recently, but any of those kind of games are nuts. But yeah, uh, oh yeah, I, I'm gaming all the time. I was playing Metal Gear Solid Five before you called. Oh yeah, how is it? Everybody, it's everybody. I was reading on like. Um, all the, the Facebook and stuff. They're like, I'm calling in sick tomorrow because Metal Gear Solid and stuff. Like, yeah, people are really, um, they're, they're excited about it, which is rad. And it, I heard there's something like Kojima didn't build it or something, or he did, but he got kicked out of it or something like that. Some kind of drama. Oh, he, he's no longer, uh, like he's just, they're, they're no longer together. Like Kojima productions is its own thing. Now hmm. he's, he's, they're not like Konami and Kojima aren't working together any longer. I don't know what the whole, th- I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's like a NeoGAF thread, like a million miles long on that. <laughs> yeah. That's a ga- That's a gamer form. Yeah, no, they, I got commissioned to do that metal gear solid thing off of that. That's how I know it. It's the only way I know it though. So, Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. You did those cool, uh, metal gear solid illustrations. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Solid snake. I wanted to do all of them. Um, but I just ran out of time. Drawing stuff is a pain in the ass. It takes way too long. <laughs> yeah it's super super time consuming i was like fuck my life man this is taking forever (laughs) but it's a lot of fun though like i really enjoy those things older games though like like ninja gaiden and like like low g man and like those types of games those those hardcore technical like pixel perfect platformers they're bitch dude they were they were not designed by nice people (laughs) and and they were they were designed to get like because if you're fast at them if like if you ever watch any of those like summer games done quick or uh, any of those like charity streams where they play games just nonstop and they're mostly speed running. Mm. When you watch those dudes play through and speed run those old school games, Fact. they're not very, they're not very long. Yeah. So, so the difficulty just gave you some extra mileage. Yeah. It's you so can get through Super Mario three in 15 minutes. If you can like, you know, jump on the right turtle at the right time yeah. and you can memorize like how long to hold down right and how long to hold down left. Yeah, I was never one of those people. I would just get fucking destroyed by that stuff. Oh yeah, me either. I I just love playing, yeah. and I I would pass the controller happily to watch someone else who was better than me play. Yeah, like, me too. And I root them on or talk yeah. shit too. I like talking shit. I'm like you fucking suck, man. I got past that. <laughs> yeah. The battle with my brother and stuff. We had a lot of fun growing up with that stuff. Yeah, but, me and my brother as well playing well, Final Fantasy VII. Oh uh, yeah, I never really got into Final Fantasy. It was like one that and um, um, what's the one with the little elf dude? Zelda. Never Zelda? really. Yeah, I never played Zelda. Like, I really got into it actually. So, like, I think that was right when like Contra was coming out, and that was the game. I was like, um, Contra's fucking oh, crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Contra's like, but they, there was just two different types of people and two di- different types of games, though, which are interesting. You, it was like a, it was seventy dollar cartridge. You had to convince your parents to buy you a seventy dollar cartridge. And you couldn't 
justify getting two games. So <laughs> you had to really work together as uh, uh, I'm throwing up some air quotes collective to <laughs> to make sure that your circle of friends had the correct games. If you yeah. had four friends and they all had Zelda, like you needed to find new friends. Cause yeah. <laughs> I remember that too. I was talking with my friends about that, like how we would take our consoles with us across the street or something and wrap everything up and like be walking around the street with these big plastic like apparatuses with controllers and stuff and getting all geeky and stuff. I remember that. Yeah. I, I remember always wanting Zelda cause like the cartridge was gold and I was like, this is fucking sick. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's funny though. It's such an era, such a unique thing. Um, since we come from the same area and I know we're really inspired by a lot of these things, I figured I'd bring it up cause these are interesting things. So at your house, you have a monster beast set up. Yep. Um, how long have you been working with that? What's the, the the goodness? What's the badness? Like, give me the review on what you got there. Cause I'm really curious cause I know you're a technical guy. I'm really not that much. I enjoy it, but I'd rather do other things. So, um, I'm just curious to see like why you did what you did and what the setup and stuff and all that goodness. Well, I, I would have been my honestly, like just having my PC with a few video cards in it uh, mm. would be, t- would be more than fine for stuff that I do. <laughs> But because like I have a kid now, I can't really have like the the project car anymore because they're just they're too expensive. Yeah. So like my computer is like my you know my seven my seventy two uh, GTR. You know it's like <laughs> it, it's you know I'm putting a, a V eight and putting twin turbos on it. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the wife will be okay with that because it's work related. So you yeah. can't you, you can splurge. Yeah, I've noticed that with loophole too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, so- I, I exploited the shit out of it when I built my PC. I'm like, oh, I can spend money on this. All right, here we yeah. go. <laughs> it's, it's it's beautiful. So you know when I fire up like the I, I have like a little dummy PC that I have. Uh, all the GPUs plugged, like, or half the GPUs plugged into, mm-hmm. and I have the other half plugged into my main PC. Okay. Um, so when I just work in design phase, I, you know, rendering an octane, that's why I have all the GPUs. Um, I just use the one PC, and then I have a little switch on the desk that's just to power on the other PC, and it's it's so geeky. I just, <laughs> I have this little button, and it's just like, bop, go into turbo mode, and it's just, I love being back to that, that like hacker mentality where I can just, you know, go to Fry's, get like a $70 PC chassis, throw in a motherboard and some GPUs, make sure the power supply and the GPUs are awesome and bring it home and render. It's That's just awesome. It's, it's so fun being like a junker again, just building shit from scratch. That's really what it is. You know, like that's really what you're talking about is just kind of playing with these things, building Legos. Cause that's what I was like when I, when I was at my buddy's house doing this, I was like, this is just like fucking Legos, man. Like it really yeah. is. And, um, like if, if you're listening, you're kind of like concerned about doing something of your own, like I wouldn't sweat it. I would just go do it. Cause it's actually, um, I mean, don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe don't take my word for it. Cause I ran into my own problems, but I was thankful. I had friends that were able to help me out, but it's, it's, it's actually really fun and actually quite rewarding too. And you hear the boot up and all that stuff and you can see all your hard work and just the effort and how it comes together. And I think that's, therein lies the difference between, um, an Apple user through and through, because I'm the same way as you, you're talking about like gung ho, like drinking the Kool-Aid and hundred percent. Like it's, you know, I'm going wherever you say, Steve, we're going that way, you know? And, but 
it was just kind of a bummer and a shocker. Um, but at the same time, um, it's just a lot of learning, a lot of, it's just a different, different machine, a different mindset. And I think for people that are interested in building their own things and having that kind of power at their, at their fingertips, like definitely it's been kind of an interesting experience. I'm curious to see, I, I didn't get windows eight or 10 or eight or nine or seven or whatever with my machine. I actually got, I went straight to 10 because I just figured, fuck it. I'm just going to go straight to the new stuff and see how I like it. I might hate it, but we'll see. I might be totally ruining my experience, but I like it. I've been on it since like the insider preview. Uh, I've I've been running it for a few months and you know, it has some, it it had some issues drivers and and stuff. Yeah. But for the most part, like again, computer science background for me, it was not an issue. Um, and, and, it, it 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 hasn't. I, I've been using it in production, and it's it's Windows 10 has not once gotten in the way of me getting my job done, which is cool. That's all I wanted to do is not get in my way. I don't run adware removers or spyware removers or antivirus or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Windows built-in one just stays in the background, doesn't do shit, just leaves me alone. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't go to weird porn sites. Uh, I don't like. That's for the I, Mac laptop. Yeah, that's a, it's 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 uh just as long as you're not like surfing for like weird jellyfish hentai on like the dark net, like you're probably pretty safe. Just kind of not using spy, ad, like adware and spyware remover shit, so you don't have to worry about like that argument where people are like, oh yeah, but you're gonna get like a virus and stuff. And it's so, like so it's about being cautious of what where and what you're doing with it. Is that what it is? I guess, yeah. I mean, like, dude, like I think it's like more just like misappropriated opinions about uh, how things used to be, uh, like back in the day when we were on AOL. Like, yeah. Like when when the prince of Nigeria would email us in prison, and you know, <laughs> he, he needed our help, and we did. We helped him out. That guy, that prince, that prince made a lot of money. He was like, "Hell yeah, Americans are so stupid. This is great. <laughs> People yeah. of the internet." <laughs> Well, that's cool. It's good to know that. And I think it's, it's just like, it, like I said, though, I think it's just a whole nother way of, of reacting to the software and reacting to the technology in which you use. Um, for me, I just, I'm really getting fucking sick and tired of waiting for renders to go. Like, I'm just tired of it. And Octane, the thing that I really love and adore about what Octane offers, I think V-Ray has it too, is the active viewport, which you can basically see. Because the one thing I hate, it's like baking food. Um, you... It's like for this situation though, it's you put all the ingredients in there and all of a sudden the computer's like, Hey, here's a bunch of fucking salt. And you're like, I didn't realize it was salt until I tasted it. And it took me fucking three hours just to wait to taste it. And it's just the worst experience. And I hate wasting time. I don't want, um, I'd rather, I'd rather instead of sitting waiting for renders, I'd rather pump out a lot more work or go do something else in my time because it's just, yeah, I'm over waiting. So and, and Apple couldn't even provide anything that was even close to what I needed, though. Like the new, um, the Darth Vader toilet or whatever it is, um, it doesn't can't even switch out the video card, right? And it doesn't support Nvidia, which you can't even run a toy stuff, which is uh, Octane. So you can't even play with that toy. And for me, I was like, dude, this isn't right. So yeah, there. I mean, there's there's definitely like I've been helping some friends uh, who want to stay, like they want their main machine to be a Mac. Sure. And and like I was like, well, what you could do is get a PC in the background yeah. and then just use it on the network to render. Yeah. Um, but you can't do that with uh with the Mac the new Mac Pro because you need to have at least one Nvidia card in your machine to activate Octane. <laughs> 
so it's and I I, I just bought a new laptop uh, like a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and I was like I might get a MacBook Pro let me go see what let me go see how cheap they are now or how much how expensive they are mm-hmm. and I, I was like wait 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 there's not even an Nvidia option in the MacBook Pro yeah yeah it's all AMD what yeah I, I was blown away I was like all right cool so what do I do if I want to have something that I can work in Unity because uh, my wife and I are making a game. Awesome. Um, I want to talk to you about that too. Um, but what do I, what do I, how do I have a laptop that I can use? And I, I have a Surface, but it, it doesn't really work as a laptop as well as I'd like. It kind of falls off my lap more. <laughs> but it, it's a great sketchbook. Like it's like the coolest sketchbook I've ever had. Hmm. But I ended up getting um, a Razor Blade 14 inch, the 2015 model. It's basically like a, macbook pro but flat black with ocr as the font on the keyboard backlit green (laughs) (laughs) interesting it's super weird looking but it looks like a black macbook it's super light and it has uh, a four gig uh, nvidia gpu in it and its cinebench scores are nearly 2.5 times higher than a macbook pro yeah so i was just like dude so what the fuck are people doing with their macbook pros are they just Going on Facebook, I mean, I'm just getting confused because I'm like, what's happening to, to people that are actually trying to do bigger things with their work? I mean, it basically, I was in the same situation. It's like there's no, there's no tool for me right now with this program. This company doesn't make computers really anymore. They do, but they they make them for the consumer grade, and I guess it makes sense because they own the market mostly for you know portable devices and stuff, and that's yeah. where their bread and butter is totally, and that's where they want to focus their energy. Totally makes sense. Um, but it's just, it's just a bummer. Yeah. So their, their metal API, that new graphics processing system they have called metal. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about it a lot when they, uh, did their last Apple developer conference and, and they showed after effects running 10 times faster under OS 10 El Capitan mm-hmm. and, uh, which is total bullshit. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't like, it's like the big, the biggest joke that they would say that, but, um, it's basically Apple's own private version of OpenGL, and oh. <laughs> if they if they make if they make Metal and they optimize it to compete with DirectX, then all these really cheap and efficient and power efficient AMD CPUs or GPUs will shine, but it will shine for things like Final Cut X. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and, like it's and, and other stuff and like After Effects and Cinema, they've shown that they they stand in the middle. Like they're not going to support like cinema won't go out of its way to support DirectX, and so it's not it's safe to assume that it's not going to do the same for Metal, and After Effects isn't going to support Metal directly if it doesn't support DirectX directly, etc. Like, you know, they're they're not going to choose the OS for us. Mm-hmm. So it's it's for me it's really like, what's the what's the fastest computer for me to work on for the next few years, and you know let's talk about it again then, in a few years like hopefully I just have like you know, a hologram in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, right? I, I'm, 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 I, that would be amazing. It was funny when I was talking to my friend Pat who was helping me construct this computer. He was like, oh, you know, he was geeking out because he was like, all this, the holler, all this ex- really expensive hardware. And I was like, yeah, honestly, I don't even want to see this shit. Like, I'd rather it not even be, exist. I don't want it in my sight. I'd, all I want is my monitor, honestly. I don't want to see anything other than that. 
it's kind of an eyesore and he's like man i would be turning all the lights on and all this stuff I'm like man i don't want any lights like i was like can you please can we please pull out all the led shit off the motherboard so i don't see anything <laughs> he was just like cracking up because i'm like pretty much the opposite from that too and i feel like there's it's like some weird thing it's like uh some weird kind of culture weirdness that happens it's like this weird man like fast and the furious thing that happens um yeah totally <laughs> i i, I kind of i i don't hate the 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 lights like i replaced all mine when i got when i built in my chassis like i did all all my lights are just white it's very clean white lights that are just around the fans Mm -hmm. so when i look in the case i can see you know just kind of like hey is that cable loose or like if i hear like a weird if i hear a weird noise or something you know i can kind of look in and be like okay let's grab a fucking flashlight (laughs) <laughs> yeah I'll, i have vin so diesel on that shit <laughs> and i'll never like yeah but i mean if you have a flashlight built into the inside of the pc like <laughs> kind of bend your head over look in yeah that's true i guess yeah it's just so it's a totally different culture i think which is interesting there's such a divide i guess it's kind of cool that they have that you know yeah. um but the case mod culture yeah some, some of the things that those water cooler dudes do oh, <laughs> is nuts like I went yeah. the reverse. Like I was like, I want open air. Like I want yeah, everything. That's just what I did too. Going, going fans. Just what do you got for production. cooling in, in your set in your setup? Um, I've got uh, what is it? One, two, two, two forty fans, and then like six one hundred and tens. And then wow. there's like a yeah. It's I have a huge like extended ATX case. Um, it's this. If anyone wants to look up, it's a Thor V two. It looks like a white uh, Lamborghini. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't try to stack anything on it because it's impossible to stack anything on it. And it's it's like four feet tall. It's not literally, but it's just this ungodly beast. With I got a really big case. It's almost the same size as this. I think it's a Fantix Primo. I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's that's another EATX case. Yo, you'd have to because you had the the dual Xeon board. Yeah, the board is huge. I was like, uh, is this going to work? <laughs> is it going to fit in here? Yeah, it's huge. And all the bays, you could put like 100 fucking hard drives in there and stuff too. It's crazy. And the, yeah. the, the, the server-grade uh, motherboard I got can support so much RAM too. I don't even think I could afford how much RAM it could support. I think it's like 500 or something stupid like that. Oh, yeah, because each CPU, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. That's wild. Interesting architecture and stuff too. It's 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 funny because I've I haven't done this for so long. I used to build my own computers back in the day, but now it's actually a lot easier too. Just the plug and play is just everything is nicely wound and ready to go. You just plug it in and go for it, you know, which is really nice and convenient too. So, yeah. What else you got as far as your setup and um, what you're using and um what do you find like if somebody's listening to this and trying to get like the best bang for their buck or trying to find a good way of let's say they want to be more powerful with utilizing things like um maybe they want to get into octane or get into um you know basic 3d modeling or rendering and stuff is there some stuff that some advice and tips that you could offer to people that are looking to switch it up or try building their own machine yeah, I would say uh, follow some of the same rules as like car culture. Mm. You know, don't uh, don't buy a project car and expect it to be your daily driver. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> line. Yeah, I've done that too many times. Like if you if you think that this 
you know, the Sylvia that you just got off of uh, an import site is going to go up and running right away, you know? <laughs> just t- take your time, you know? Yeah. You don't want to start your car up without oil in it. Yeah, that's true. So, take so due diligence. Um, is take there a th- your time. Take your, your time. Keep your cables clean. Yeah, that's one cables thing I was really OCD about. Clean. Yeah, like if you look in the inside of my case, there's no cables at all. Um, they're all in the back of it. <laughs> oh yeah. My, yeah. my, my case and my cable organization for all my stuff is just super clean. Yeah. Cause that's one of the, that's one of the big things I love about Apple is like when you open, when you pulled off of the side of oh, one of those Mac pros yeah, you don't and looked see inside, shit. it's clean as hell. Yeah. Andrew was giving me shit now cause I was talking about getting fans and stuff and I was like, and this doesn't match the color of that one. He's like, man, you'll never see inside the case. I'm like, I don't care. It's oh, gotta be right, stuff. man. It's gotta be right. Dude. <laughs> OCD shit. Uh. It's what's well, it's it's like that like the like the lore of like the Jedi you know like they had to make their lightsaber yeah there to, you go yeah. to to you know to be able to be a true Jedi you had to be able to wield and make your own lightsaber yeah and and they cared about all the components and the crystals that were involved inside like that's why you know Mace Windu had a purple one and everyone else was like <laughs> where the fuck did he get that purple crystal like <laughs> how the fuck did this Jedi get a purple fucking crystal. <laughs> That's true. I totally forgot about that. I kind of ignored the, their later films. That's awesome, though. And that's a. I think so. I think the one key thing is to read up. There's plenty of information. There's a lot of misinformation too out there. Um, I was really stoked and thankful. People were listening to me talk about building my own PC, and also on Twitter and and, and uh, Facebook, and they reached out and sent me their thoughts and notes and just their own configurations, and they're in fucking really rad, really cool people. So thank you guys, I appreciate that. So that that was a really cool thing that people reached out and stuff. So there's a there's a cool community. Um, also, like on um, Octane has a forum, and in there that people are building their own machines to run optimally for uh, Otoy software and stuff, which is really cool too. And so there's a lot of reference and resources and stuff. And um, I'm really curious actually to hear more about. You know, I'll have to bug you off the podcast, obviously, but running my PC as like kind of a render server thing or something that would be kind of interesting. I wonder how that would work because I'm looking not only to work with Octane for cinema, but I'm looking to get in the 3d studio max because I've always wanted to. And I finally can, because I've never been able to because of the whole Mac thing, you know, but it's a very powerful program. So, and then V ray, I got, I got all the GPU or the, um, the CPU power because of being able to use things like Keyshot and and Octane and or not Octane, but V ray and stuff, you know, which are very CPU heavy. So, yeah, that's the same. That's the same reason I, I went with, uh, an x99 chip i got the like the top end uh eight core uh x99 cpu intel chip mm. and uh i have it running at 4.9 gigahertz oh wow o- overclocked right now because a lot of that stuff like a lot of the particle stuff that i do yeah. is is very like single threaded processes that are you know calculating tons of points colliding with tons of points and uh you need a really high single thread clock speed to hit that mark sure yeah um and you know for octane you just need like a pentium 2 yeah and, yeah, and, and, it and some need gpus yeah. yeah but i i i like i built my machine to be able to like work in cpu driven environments and gpu driven environments mm-hmm. so interesting yeah and that's another thing too right for the person that's curious about getting into this is also like look into because i was researching what like for example i use photoshop a ton and i was looking at 
well, what does Photoshop really use? Well, it doesn't use too much CPU. It doesn't use too much GPU. It's mostly RAM. It's odd. So the architecture of the actual program utilizes different parts of the that computer that you have. You know, you might think blindly like, oh, I'm going to have like all these amazing graphics processor units, but they're not. <laughs> and you're going to get them. And if you don't utilize them properly, it's like, what's the point? You know, so um, that's, I don't know. I was trying to gear up everything that I was using in hopes that I was going to learn these other programs, softwares and things. I was going to start smashing through them and not wait for anything. So, um, that's the optimal, the optimistic, uh, viewpoint. Now, if I just get some fucking time outside of work and everything else, just sit there and learn it, then <laughs> good luck with that though. Cause it's like you said, take your time. It's a journey. It's not going to happen like overnight. So unfortunately, cause I wanted to, but yeah. Yeah. And just, yeah, that's like the main, that's like the main thing. Like, like for me, like I can rip down a computer and build a new computer in an afternoon and have it back up to exactly where I was at when I left off from whatever I was working on. That's awesome. That's just, just years of practice with computers. I remember, I remember, uh, when I was, when I was 19 was when I first met, uh, like a mutual friend of ours, Bradley. Yeah. Um, G-Monk. Yeah, he uh, he came in and worked at this company, Exopolis, and he was like the only guy that had ever uh, asked to set up a PC. Hmm. And I and I was like, oh yeah, I'll, yeah, okay, sure, fuck yeah, I'll build a PC. <laughs> and like, I got the company credit card and went out rather than renting, I went and built like this crazy dual uh, dual CPU rig. And I was like, hey, what do you think of this computer? And he was like, whoa, this is crazy. And like <laughs> he uh uh. He was like, I'm going to change the UI, though. And I was like, what? You're into customizing your interface? This is awesome. And I was like, <laughs> just like the first time, like, geeking out with him. And uh, it was, I, I was my first, love first sight. Love, love <laughs> that first UI augmentation. <laughs> and now he fucking made the Windows 10 wallpaper. That's crazy. Yeah, did he do that Windows thing? Is that the Windows yeah. thing that he did? Yeah, with the light. Oh, I was like, yeah, I was, in, I was wondering about that. I thought I saw something from there. You tell me about that. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, he's been in the game for a minute now. So, yeah, and it makes sense that he's actively building and constructing these things as you go. So, yeah, now yeah. all he does is lasers. Yeah, laser boy. <laughs> he's addicted to that shit. <laughs> I mean, fuck yeah. Like, I, I think it's cool. It's, it's cool. Like, that's, that's why I, I love making particles and simulations and thin lines and. I'm going to keep doing that until people take it away from me. Yeah. Yeah. You really love it. You enjoy it. I mean, that's one thing I, I actually got really kind of oddly addicted to it was X particles. Um, fuck. That's so much fun, man. Like it's I can't so wait to play with it. Fun. It is so fast. It's fast that my old ass Mac pro can handle fucking kicking stuff out at a decent rate. That's how fast it is. And I can't wait to play with, on it with my new PC. Cause I'm just like, I'm going to fucking rip through that shit. But it's super rad, like really, um, if you're interested in particles and simulations and stuff, like I remember learning um, a little bit of that, like Espresso and X part of like the deep thinking particle shit and the coding and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, this is too drudgery. Like I was too much of a noob and I wasn't, it was impatient. It had its own sweet spot. It was a complete language, obviously. But the X particles totally has all that power but it has even beyond that it's much more modular and it's really fun it's one of those things that um i love playing with in cine with if people are listening it's a plugin for cinema 4d that's amazing for running particle simulations and just not even that it's just so many other things you can the sky's the limit with that stuff you can simulate rain all the way to creating fucking tendril 
um, porn. I don't know, whatever the hell you want to make. I don't <laughs> They're probably listening like, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely remeshing an object with terrible geometry. Yeah, you know, that you too. Could, you could, yeah, it's just, it's, it creates points and then you do whatever the fuck you want to do with those points with yeah. uh, a very, very familiar workflow. Like if you use cinema at all, it, it functions like cinema does. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't function like a plugin that was made and then put in cinema. No, it functions yeah. like it's amazing. It's just, it's great. Yeah. I'm a huge advocate. Like I said, I, I literally got addicted. It was like two weeks there where I was like, uh, I wouldn't like leave. I was up working until fucking crack ass hours of the night, like just totally spazzing out on it because it's so much fun. And I love that about like just getting lost in the ether of making things and just kind of, I don't know, just really allowing a program to just allow for just spontaneity to occur. Because that's like I said, for me personally, that's one of my favorite things about using cinema is the alchemy of just creating things and seeing like, oh, what's this? What happens here if I do that? Like what happens there? And that's for me is like the beauty of these programs because they they allow you to have such experiences, you know, so yeah we haven't talked about cars yet um do you know did you find out what i got i just got a uh, oh dude i saw got my dream car oh that's so hot it's so silly i gotta take you for a drive man dude that thing's so badass supercharged it has kwv3s it's got everything it's got the jdm gears (laughs) dude it is it sounds like a formula one car it's crazy dude it's fucking you still have your beamer no, I got rid of the 5 Series a while ago because I was like, oh, yeah, it's getting a little too sassy with the maintenance. So and those things are really expensive to yeah. maintain um, if you want to do it right. You know, BMWs are amazing cars, but they also cost a lot to ma- manage and maintain and stuff. So, yeah, they're like it's like paying dues to a club. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really fucking rad club, but it's like, uh, I don't know if I want to be a part of this club because it keeps fucking my wallet. So, yeah. Now I went back to Honda and I've always wanted an NSX. I didn't realize I could actually kind of somewhat afford it. I had to do some finagling financial wise, but yeah. um, I've always wanted one. I, I predict, this is my prediction, mark my words, everybody, that the NSX is going to be the next car that's going to take a huge fucking jump in, in value and price, just like the 964 Porsches did. You know, the whole Magnus Walker and the RWB, like all that scene, like just skyrocketed the prices of those Porsches. And also yeah. like Singer and everybody's realizing, I think what's happening now is all the new cars, they're lacking that personality because everything's like so self-driven and kind of boring quote-unquote they're still rad um but they're very disconnected but if you sit in my nsx and you that fucking car man is just it's mid-engine um it just it i was pushing i was going through a corner it's like posted 20 mile an hour corner ripping around in the 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 canyons and i was just under 70 miles an hour through that corner (laughs) And oh, it man. didn't even it didn't even break i was like oh my god i was like screaming i was oh. like jeremy clarkson in my car i miss i miss my uh i miss my Datsun so much yeah yeah what did you have i forgot what you were building before was it a I 510 had, yeah it was, uh, i had a 72 510 with sr uh, uh no not sr just uh super high compression naturally aspirated independent throttle body oh, ktb's cool D. Oh, okay. Awesome. That, that's, that's as raw as it gets, really. That's that, that technology. For people that are listening there are like, what the fuck are they talking about? Um, there's different eras of types of uh, tuning and the way that you, you know, you have the air fuel ratio and on the car you're talking about, you were using individual throttle bodies, which is like a um, kind of carburetor setup, obviously. 
Um, they're very tuner based and they're very kind of only certain type of people do that because they're not high power outputs, but their response is insane and they're amazing. Instant throttle response. Instant throttle response. And that's one thing actually with the supercharger and the NSX, it's instant throttle response, which makes it so much fun. At like 5,000 RPM, you have full instant throttle and like it just jerks you. It's like right at my foot, I just blip the throttle and boom, it's just like explosion of, of power. It's so rad. But ITVs and, have the same thing too, which is great. Yeah, they were uh, they were each individual uh, Gixxer 1000cc uh, throttle bodies. Oh, interesting. Because, uh, I mean, there, there, were, there were ones that were not from a motorcycle that would have worked fine, but sure. the, the throttle body just... You know, there was like a silicon coupler mm. and a fuel rail, and then you were good to go. You just had the fuel pressure regulator up there, and did yeah. you did you um, tune them yourself? Uh, I didn't do all the tuning myself. It's there was a bitch, a, dude. There was a guy that did all the map uh, mapping on the the ECU for me. Okay, down, down in Orange County, um, uh, I had I, I I had I had uh, a couple cars that I tuned myself, and they never really ran right, but mm. they ran. Okay. Um, so with the, with the Datsun, it was, I did all like my dad and I would do like most of the maintenance and all the little fun, like small tweaks and changes and stuff Sure. for, for like big upgrades, like, you know, going flat top pistons to get 12 to one compression ratio, <laughs> like that stuff we didn't want. I, I was like, I don't want to fuck with doing a head rebuild. Oh, that's interesting. I, I would thought you would have got really deep into that, that uncanny Valley that cause yeah. It was it was it was right when I I was like a year into freelancing. Oh, so yeah. so I was working all the time. Yeah, but I also had just for the first time in my life had been handed a big kid wallet. Oh yeah, and, those are the and, best wallets to have. And I was just I was cars just, love those. <laughs> yeah, I was just like fucking here, just fill it up with bills. <laughs> so so like I was just on like you know like Sylvia.net, like sure. just like all day just like all right, here's the classified section. Who's selling what? Who's selling what? Who's selling what? It's an addiction. Like, yeah, just... And then, oh, I got super into rims, too. Yeah, you were t- we were talking... Because I love rims, too. Actually, the, the NSX has um, the TE37s. Um, oh, nice. 10s in the rear and 8s in the front. And they're black, just like the color as well. Dude, I'll have to take you for a ride. Still, hands down, I've driven in so many amazing cars. I haven't driven a GT3 yet the 997 i've yeah. ridden in one i think this is as close i just i know it's more powerful and it's just it's japanese so it's just it's different so but yeah it's as close as i can compare to a 997 gt3 which is um vote like opinion wise it's one of the best all-time cars ever so i'm really stoked just because all all around just like the the feel is just insanity like it's amazing yeah i go I, i'm going backwards in my car desires as cars progress forward in technology. Yeah. Like, like I just like, uh, so many of my friends like, Oh, I can't wait for self-driving cars. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck that. When you, I'm going to be Dennis Leary in demolition man in, <laughs> in my IROC eating a Taco Bell burrito, <laughs> smoking a cigarette, drinking whiskey with a stripper, <laughs> just being like, fuck, you're driving cars just smashing people off the road. <laughs> yeah. There's part of me. Um, if I have to sit in traffic, fuck yeah. Self-driving just take me. I don't give a shit. It's like a, v- a bus, you know? Um, I don't want to sit in traffic, but when I, um, cause I only take the NSX out, um, just whenever I feel like it now, which is amazing. It's literally, like I have six flags in my garage and I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to six flags for an hour. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> cause that's what it feels like. It's just so fucking loud and crazy and just feels like it just totally makes me re- realize I'm alive again. It's kind of weird because I'm sitting behind the desk all the time. I'm desensitized. Um, but 
Yeah, I think with the self-driving, I'd, I wouldn't mind it for if I was having to sit in traffic, totally take the wheel. But when I want to go and have fun, yeah, give me that shit. Like <laughs> this is, yeah, there's nothing, nothing beats the feel of driving your own car that you've earned and enjoyed and you can really push, have a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I can't wait to actually start doing a couple little small modifications. Um, if the car's already built, it's already done. So I don't really, unless I start building like a crazy Toyota, like high compression track machine stroker motor on the side, which, Hey, maybe I might do that. Don't tell my wife though. Yeah. <laughs> so gets so expensive, but, um, I'm just so happy. And so I'm just really enjoying the process of, of owning this thing. Cause it's like, it, it's a handmade machine. It's full aluminum made by t- Honda's top 200 engineers. Um, and we all know how amazing Honda is. So it was just, it's like a piece of time. It's like an icon and just so rad to enjoy it too. So, yeah, my, uh, the next time or when I, after my, after my wife and I redo our garage on this house and the son, the kid's a little older and I'm a little older, uh, I will be buying my dream car. What is it? It's a 72, 73, uh, Skyline. Ah, okay. Just awesome. with a single inline six. Those are great, man. Just, 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 just get one of Better those. Hurry up, dude. Better hurry up on those things. Cause they're, they're, they're climbing quite a bit in price. Are you going to get it from Japan? Obviously. Cause you have to. I mean, I, I know I know people with them here in, in the states, in, in LA and in Orange County. Uh, yeah, um, I, I know I know a guy in Long Beach that has like three of them. Oh, really? He, yeah, his, his this dude Mario he builds SR twenty uh, DET uh, Dawson five tens. Cool. Like his his shop just does these like sick ass like twenty thousand dollar Datsuns. <laughs> and uh, it's funny how much like you can get out of a Datsun for twenty grand too. Like. Yeah, and you'll just, you could you could roll up on anyone yeah just with, crush them. in that in that thing and just like you'll never leave because they're going to want to ask you questions about it <laughs> yeah i wanted to build a, a 240z really badly before this and i was going to I but remember. i just i didn't i don't i didn't have time so i didn't because like those things are like um a very intense project that is a very long process and i was just, i realized that i wanted to have my fun now i didn't want to wait for it yeah so i went with the the other route but I'll eventually make one probably if I can before it becomes illegal to drive such awesome cars. So that's why I'm like, I got to soak this stuff up now because I feel like it's getting around the corner where they're going to be like, okay, you can't be driving these kind of cars at all, you know? So yeah, unfortunately, bummer. Yeah. It's just a real bummer, but I like motorcycles a lot too though. So hopefully they don't take those away from us. <laughs> you ride motorcycles too? Yeah, not anymore. I, I, I started, uh, I started just getting a little, I had a little, a couple too many, like, whoops, whoops. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like just, just, just enough, like uh, one, one accident and then just enough, like, ah, moments to where I was like, all right, (laughs) I've, I've, I've been, I've been, uh, tested enough to say, let's get a kid now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I could figure out how to like make myself, not smile more for as far back as my wrist goes, you know, like <laughs> if I could just somehow like find that like mid ground, yeah. I'd, 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 it'd be good. But why don't yeah. you get one for the track only? That's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about buying like a pretty rad little Honda 650 or something fun, just enough power to make you scared a little bit and then just get full leathers and, and then tow it out to the track. Cause we have some really rad tracks around here. Yeah, and then yeah, learn are- from professionals and then just try, you know, tra- trailer it up and head back home, you know, really thinking yeah. about that actually. But the NSX will keep me happy for a while. I think so. 
yeah i don't i don't know it's it's i just have other hobbies and stuff now and like (laughs) it's i just don't i just i miss the engines and i miss like racing and i miss driving fast but i don't know all right right now i'm I'm super happy just having like a super low to the ground diesel jetta (laughs) is all slammed what kind of rims you got now it's just stockies on it right now. Yeah, just I've, slammed. I was, yeah, it's just it's just slammed on coilovers. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been highly consider highly ironing these uh, Roddy Form blocks. Um, I really like them. But yeah, the Rotiforms are pretty awesome. They yeah, the, those guys that really came out. There's a, there's like fifty one fifty fifty one or fifty one fifty two or whatever those guys too are making some rad stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of really cool new designers, um, new styles coming out. There's like all the Bourbets look really rad on those kind of cars too. Yep, the European shit. Yeah, I know way too much about this stuff. Like ridiculous. Andrew's probably like, God, what the fuck's going on here? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> at all. And probably the audience too, which I feel bad. I'm sorry. There's there. I'm hoping there's at least like one car person out there it's like yeah but yeah if you're not this is probably like dude this can stop it but this is but this is like the the metal of a like an obsessive geek yes like like when we find something that we're into like we will absorb all of the information that we can on that subject and by proxy fracture out from that into other subcultures yeah (laughs) i think so there's not a single thing that i've ever gotten into that i didn't like become like consumed with until i knew way too much about that specific subject yeah and that's what i was going to say i think it's kind of a testament to your own personality um because so andrew was actually asking prior to the show like how did we meet and the um just a little backstory i met you um i was sitting all fucking super nervous and uncomfortable because i had to do a presentation on it i think it was like seagraph or something yeah, I think it was like Sigraph like 2012. 2012, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm sitting there. I've never been to this thing before. There's all these amazing, smart people everywhere. And here I am, dope do like whatever I'm doing. I don't know who the hell, what the hell I was doing there. Um, but just a lot of crazy people. And then um, you were there and what you were providing and showing and talking about. I was like, fuck, you know, like as I, I didn't. I still am the same way too. Like I've no, I know quite a bit more obviously now about cinema and stuff, but what I was explaining to the audience and people that are watching it, which was made, making me nervous because I don't, didn't know the program through and through, but I used it only to the point where I could get what I wanted and I can get out of it. And I was trying to show the value of just knowing enough to get you what you need and then get away from it and do your own thing outside of it, you know? And, um, we met because I remember sitting there going like, dude, I'm fucking nervous. This sucks. <laughs> and you were like, oh, don't worry about it, dude. It's okay. I'm like, oh, I'm too, too nervous. It was, it was pretty funny. I reflect on that moment every once in a while because I've done a lot of public speaking since then. And that was now I don't even care. I'm like, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I love doing it. Yeah. I you've love- been you've done quite a few of them now. Yeah. Yeah. Any I, Anytime that uh, SIGGRAPH or NAB is coming up. Um, if I don't get like a call or an email from Maxon within like two or three months beforehand, I start getting nervous. Like, oh crap, did the last one suck so bad that I'm no longer invited? <laughs> <laughs> That's rad though. And they, they know you pretty well too, right? You're pretty tight with the Maxon, uh, people and stuff. They're good people, huh? They're, they're great. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they're, it's awesome. Like Maxon Germany and Maxon us. Like I've, I've got like legitimate, like friends, people that I would invite to my house, or, or you know, go have a meal with, yeah. and just just not talk about this stuff, and just talk about like kids and you know whatever else is going on. People stuff. 
they're super good people. If you email anyone at Maxon, like, yeah. hey, I don't know how to do this, they're going to respond back. It's pretty fucking awesome, man. Yeah, and this university and all that stuff, too. It's, like, an amazing resource. I mean, I'm not just trying to plug them at all because they support the podcast, but literally... <laughs> I try not to ever support anything at all as far as it, the podcast is concerned unless I use it and I enjoy it. And definitely Cinema 40 is like one of those things. And yeah, they were kind enough to bring me out there and that's how we met. And definitely they had such rad people. And um, yeah, like I've noticed you've done quite a few since then and stuff. Let's talk a bit about um, your video game. I'm curious about that and what you're building it in and stuff. And we'll probably wrap in like the next 10 minutes if that's okay. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Um, yeah, so my wife is, uh, she's super creative. She's, re- she's a super smart person. Um, she's the one that actually pushed me into, you know, finding this career. Awesome. Um, uh, she was just like, you're always dicking around on a computer. You should figure out how to do something like that for <laughs> a living. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> so she gave me all the support in the world and helped me get here today. That's rad. And How long have you guys been married for? Uh, we'll, we, we'll be married six years uh, this Halloween and we'll be have been together for eleven years in January. You guys got married in, on Halloween. Yeah, at oh, Graceland awesome. Chapel in Vegas. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. my my buddy's getting married into Halloween. Actually, that's cool and ironic. That's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah, Graceland Chapel in Vegas. We had about that's my brother got four, married. <laughs> Forty five people, all all in costumes. The the only requirement was you had to show up as an animated character. <laughs> so it was like we had Billy. And the other double dragon and Bender and yeah. Oh, but anyway, the game. That's so awesome. my wife has always just drawn these little figures and drawn these little characters, and they're always like super adorable and super cute. And she's got this really cool style, but she's not a trained illustrator or anything. She's a hairstylist and a self-trained cook, and so she's she's been really she's really creative. And I was like, oh, let's we should make a game. And yeah. This, this conversation had started years and years and years ago. Um, but we sat down and like started designing this game um, based around like uh, uh, to her, it's based around the DuckTales video game. And to me, it's, it's based around like a Metroidvania style game oh, where okay. you're, you know, you're playing through a platformer, you get an ability, the ability solves the puzzle and you get more abilities that help you solve more and more complicated puzzles. Sure. It's further down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so she's been drawing a bunch of stuff and then I've been taking that stuff and modeling it. And then she's been, uh, uh, being my art director and being like, Oh no, I want it to look like this color and I want it to be like that. And I want that to move like this. And so I hand, I'm handling like the engine development side in unity and, um, and she's handling the artistic side of it, and we're both collaborating on uh, the direction and the narrative. It's about this uh, this boy who uh, has to stop these nine witches from summoning this uh, H.P. Lovecraft-esque Cthulian elder <laughs> god uh, from the netherworld and consuming all of humanity. <laughs> but it's all. What like- is this called? What is this game called? The working title for it is Merg's The Boy Who Didn't Dream. Oh, nice. That sounds like fun. <laughs> and what's the plan? What, like, do you guys, is this a casual thing that you're doing, obviously, just for fun? Or is this something that you're, you have ambition in at a due date and um, anything beyond that? Or is it just kind of like this casual, fun thing that you're doing just as a cool exchange, creative exchange? 
It started out very casual. Uh, we're getting very serious about it right now, though, mm. and uh, we're actually piggybacking a, a research and development trip um, it, with a family vacation to New Orleans in October, um, and we're going to be getting like a bunch of like uh, reference and stuff for level design and like really kind of like cranking up uh, production on it to awesome. to really start getting going. Um, a, a couple of friends of ours that are game people. They they were like, dude, the the artwork and the game style and like what you guys are describing, like and the story and your personalities, like you're shooing for a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe or an Indiegogo. Is there you guys are thinking about doing that too? Potentially, I mean, I, it's a like, lot of the, work. It's a lot of work to do it, yeah. um, and I like I kind of like that it's just like our thing right now. Yeah, but keep it to yourselves, you know. It's a lot of power of that. Yeah. But we have this we have this other concept for this game that we've been like privately developing while we're doing this, and we kind of want to do uh, a crowdsource thing for this. But there's this new crowdsource uh, site for game development that's coming out. Oh, yeah, uh, it, it's basically where the backers get an incentivized share in the games. Yeah, indie fund, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been looking into that too for my game. It's pretty so, cool. So we're looking at that because. I have my brother's back, like uh, gotten his, like several comic books, you know, published via himself and Kickstarter. Yeah, and I think I think it's awesome. But there's something about the Kickstarter, Indiegogo, GoFundMe world where, like, I've backed shit on Kickstarter that just flopped out, and a yeah. year, two years later, I get my forty bucks or eighty bucks back. Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, no, motherfucker, you made me a promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's been a, it's actually had a really bad rap. I think that's been the it, Kickstarter itself has lost its steam. I had a good talk about this actually with my friend Alex Preston, who um, is the developer. Oh, you know Alex? Yeah. Well, we had him on the podcast and he was telling me about just because I was asking him for advice as far as what I should do um, with my game. And he was telling me that, yeah, you know, it's not the same as it was. The market's different because of, you know, there's been so many failures, you know. Um, and it's a ton of work too. And it's so much work. Yeah. It's actually way more work than I even would even consider even being worth it to be completely honest, because even if you get funded and say you, you know, let's say you get funded twice over what you're expecting. Um, just imagine that you're going to have to do twice over the work just to appease everybody's like, you know, well, you know, just dumb shit questions and stuff, you know, because not only are you going to have to make the game, but you also have to reply to everybody as if, you know, like it's just a fucking pain in the butt. So it, I'd, I'd rather just work on the game, you know, keep it quiet and just blow it up when I'm ready. So, yeah, but that's just I, the way I'm looking at it. That's kind of like, uh, we want to, we don't want to go in with like some of the, some of the successful ones that we've seen, like that are from like notable publishers, like the dude that did symphony of the night, like one of my favorite games of all time. He did that. He, played it. he did it that. It's amazing. Yeah. Symphony of the night. Is it a um, Castlevania? Oh, Castlevania. Okay. Yeah. But the dude that created that world, he did a Kickstarter based on like oh, some right, sketches yeah. and animations and got funded like through the fucking roof. Yeah. I remember hearing and, about that. Yeah. And I, and I was just like, that's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's just so rude. Like I get, I know you don't have the personal money to make that game, yeah. but like at least come with like a prototype in development or yeah. something, you know, not just like proof of concept with a whole bunch of disclaimers so like if when we do go asking for for funding to really push this into like true development um it'll be with something that we can play and like share yeah 
Yeah, it's, it's a wild, wild west out there. It really is. Um, and I think there's been some amazing situations such as like, um, you know, Alex Preston and Hyperlite Drifter, Drifter, which is... So, so happy for that guy. Fuck yeah, like, man. I, I was like so hard, dude. <laughs> like, I was watching his Kickstarter like tingling because yeah. he, you know, he's from three legged legs mm-hmm. and, and that company was one of those companies when I was young in motion design that I was like, I will, I, I want to do what they're doing. Like yeah. just like me and some friends, like starting a company yep. and, um, actually like had like a, a very funny, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon with one of the guys from three legged legs, this guy, Casey. Because there was this, he did this this thing called James Bond or Bond Night or something a long time ago, hmm. and he had this blog called Casey's Gay Blog, <laughs> and uh, everyone thought it was me because <laughs> they were like, no, there's no way that there's um, two Casey's that would have this stupid of a blog working <laughs> motion in L.A. <laughs> I literally just got an email on my Apple Watch from a Kickstarter that failed to get done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> asking me for what the best PayPal email address to, and, and and I really liked this game that it was a it was a, a card based tabletop uh, role playing game. Is it the cat one? No, it's called Simple System. Okay. You said do you support a lot of Kickstarters? Um. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like super picky. Like I I'm like I'm like let me see the cover of your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, no, that cover sucks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're being a, being a normal consumer, though, you know. So I think that's kind of expected, and it's that's part of the, the thing of selling it. So, and then thing, if you were to consider doing that with your own game, you have to consider your own self trying to sell it to your own self, you know, and being like really yeah. honest with yourself. It's like, fuck, it's not easy. It's a ton of work, but the indie fund is definitely. Um, I think that might be a smart route um, just because the way it's set up and stuff, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just want to make the game yes. and get it out there and let people play it. I don't want it to be the thing that makes me rich yeah. or, or puts me or, or makes me the next, whatever that dude, what, what's, his, what's that guy's name that made Minecraft? Yeah. The guys, uh, I've, I haven't read anything on him or don't know much about him, but I've heard Notch. through a, the grapevine. Yeah. Like he's like all bummed out cause he's got too much money or something. That's like a consensus of things. Yeah. He, like he publicly said that he's depressed because he has so much money that people don't understand him now. Yeah. And his girlfriend left him because she's tired of him. If you're bored, if you're <laughs> capable of being bored, that's your fault. That is your fault. And, yeah. and that's, that's not, the boredom's that's not, an illusion. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, I don't understand how you can, how anyone is ever bored. Yeah. Give all that money away to somebody that needs it. Then they fuck off, you know, like whatever, go build your, build another thing, you know? Yeah. Give it to Elon. Elon will, will make some rockets and shit. No. Yeah, that dude doesn't look like he's ever bored. No, because he doesn't fucking allow that. You know, it's like, when uh, how could you? You know, I think that's just a chosen mind state, though. You know, so I'm not really into it personally. I'm like, I don't really subscribe to that, but that's just the way I look at things. So, but that's cool. I'm excited. I think that's really rad. I think the story and the concept of you guys making it together, husband and wife duo, is fucking really rad. And given the different situations, like the different styles that. You, imagine you guys are bringing to it i'm really curious and excited to see what you guys come up with that because yeah building the game is no fucking easy task it's i didn't realize you know you don't realize until you actually make something really how hard it is i always say um there's always that funny bit from like like louis ck for example he was talking like shit about how we complain about cell phones you know like oh yeah yeah you get this thing and you're like it doesn't work but it's it's literally data flying away from you 
at the speed of, I don't know, fucking, what is it? Sound and light and all that shit. Going bouncing off a satellite, coming down and delivered to you by angels, you know? Like, yeah. It's chaotic and madness that shouldn't be happening, but it does. And, you know, it doesn't work. You know, and I find myself saying that stuff all the time um, because we expect it to, you know? Yeah. And when you, when you build a video game, you build an experience, um, you have to think about every fucking angle. Like, oh... The corner of that room is a little off and it's going to affect all these other things. And it's just like the never ending quorum of issues, you know? So my hat's off to people when they make great video games, um, my hat's off to them. Cause it's just like, thank you so much for the great experience and the inspiration. So yeah, and, and they I definitely, love yeah. I, I love when I, when I like, there's this game that I've been, that I've been playing through over and over called Ori in the blind forest. It's uh it's a kind of, it's down. It, it's O-R-I, Ori and the Blind Forest. Um, super cool, kind of like, I, I don't want I, I don't want this to be sound like it's like a slide or anything. It's like, I don't know how it would be, but like kind of Princess Mononoke-esque vibe of like these very like old school kind of Ghibli characters. Hmm. Um, Love that shit. But it's, it's a two and a half D world that's just platforming kind of metroidvania style or actually exactly metroidvania style very much like the game my wife and i are making and uh but i i feel no competition or no need to like be make a game that's similar or better than it like i look at it like a, like oh man thank god people are still making this kind of stuff so yeah. i can like look at it and see how its environments work like all its beautiful pin lights that are in the background and volumetrics and sure just thinking about all those little damn ingredients that you need to make like the whole thing. It's just, it's overwhelming, but it's, it's great when you start to see like just a small section of something come together. It's definitely designed for people and engineered. The experience is engineered for people that enjoy the challenge because it's a challenge beyond everything. So, um, and I thought, I thought casually, Oh, make a video game. It's such a stupid thing for me to say that, but no, we're deep. We got four levels in, it plays fucking sound, no crashing. Everybody loves it. One of the things I did to make it was I wanted to make it for one of my nephews who loves puzzles. And man, just watching him play it and get super enthusiastic and excited about it, it was just like, oh, I could stop now and be happy. You know, like I'm so stoked, you know. And like you said, to having humble ambitions towards it, like not yeah. thinking like I'm going to support my life off this, you know, like it's not even close to that it's just about expressing myself having these cool ideas building these things out and like letting people enjoy them it's like couldn't go wrong it's such a cool experience you know so yeah one, one of the cool things um is my my like a lot of the characters animations are all coming like from my son that's like, cool I'll, I'll, be, I'll be like asher do a do a punch <laughs> and he'll be like Pwah! and i'll like you know i'll just like you know look at his movements and stuff and try to match it I, I'm, I'm considering doing a mocap session with him <laughs> shit man <laughs> that'd be so rad and you're like oh yeah in our game it's our son who's doing these sweet moves and they, that's why you have all that characteristics and silliness that sounds like that'd be so rad to hear about that or read about that <laughs> yeah because it's it, we want it to be something that like you know just it's just a fun family collection of stuff yeah like it's like like the like little elements in like the environments and stuff that we're making are like cool paintings that my wife has like saved or like, you know, grommets from a table that she liked that she cut out of a magazine when she was like 12. That's so cool. 
she has all these collages and stuff she's had from like her whole life in these giant books. Like since before Pinterest, my wife has been using Pinterest. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's like, rad. Like analog, and then now she's converting all her analog pins to Pinterest. Hmm. Interesting. That's cool, man. That's cool. It's cool to hear that you guys have a cool like um, connection and can enjoy building these things out, you know, because it does take a really significant and unique person to live with people like ourselves, you know, like these, you know, it's freelancing and, and building our own worlds and all these kind of things and being enveloped and, you know, sucked into these kind of worlds. It's not it's not an easy thing to ask from people, I think, you know, so. Yeah, no, we're the worst. Yeah, we kind of are. We're kind of shitty. Uh, yeah, and I acknowledge that, and I tell my wife that too, and she, you know, <laughs> she's like, whatever. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Finally, after you know, almost six years of marriage. So, well, let's. I want to have one last question because I thought this would be kind of interesting for you to answer from being like a seasoned uh, vet in this kind of industry. If there's somebody out there that is curious about getting into motion graphics and um, developing themselves in it. Is there anything that you can think of as far as advice that was kind of key epiphany thing for you in your career that you were like, oh, wow, like I wish somebody would have told me this when I was starting out. Is there something that you can think of right now that would, you know, maybe help somebody else? Because that's what we're obviously trying to do with this podcast is elevate people's thinking and help them be exposed to cool people and stuff. But is there any kind of form of advice or things that you've learned along the way that could possibly help somebody? Um. Yeah, actually, this was just, I was just talking to a friend of mine about this. If you're just getting started in motion design and, or freelance in anything, talk about money. Like, don't don't treat it as taboo. Like, if you want to, like, if you're if you're if you want to know, like, you know, if you can get more money doing something, you know, ask the people that are around you what their day rates are. Yeah. If they if they don't want to answer you, they don't want have to answer you. But don't feel uh, like gauche because you're concerned because it's something that like people talk about a lot and. Where most of us are pretty open to discussing it, and it's good because you might end up being that guy that's making like one tenth what everyone else is making yeah. and doing twice as much work. And uh, so, talk about money. Never lie to your producers. Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're in a bind, just tell someone you're in a bind immediately. Don't wait till it's too late. Sure, that's good. So honesty and openness about money, because I think that's a really great point too. Because it's a business, so and yeah. I couldn't agree more too. It's, it's, it's weird how taboo it is. And I often kind of reflect on how weird it is, how artists utilize money and how we interact with it, you know, and I compare myself and our, what we do in comparison to like a police officer or a lawyer or a firefighter, obviously totally different tasks, but like, why are we so weird about money? You know, and why do we let like some people just get abused by it? It's like, what the fuck? It's just really weird. It becomes a kind of a weird experience, you know, for people. So, um, but yeah, that's, those are really great advice. And yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a long time coming. Should do another one because we, I think I rambled on a little bit about too much random stuff, but um, <laughs> no worries, dude. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when you, when, when you have like whenever you want, um, get your wife on, that'd be awesome and have like a, um, the both you on and maybe talk about your game or something, you know, whatever. So we can spitball some ideas, but we should definitely do it. Another one, maybe break down into some stuff. If you guys out there have questions about any of the things we talked about, maybe we can discuss in further and stuff, you know, probably cool to discuss those, that those bits a little bit further. And Andrew probably, uh, is asleep now. <laughs> Get up, <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. So pumped up about, about, about cars. 
Yeah, <laughs> you know me. And PCs. Yeah, you're actually a PC guy though. So yeah, I love PCs. Yeah, that was good. I liked all that. Yeah, <laughs> nerd yeah. talk. Nerd talk all the way. Well, thank you so much, Casey. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And that does it for this week's episode. Big thank you to Casey for coming on and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to Casey's work and all of the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectedpodcast.com slash 120, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everybody. Be powerful, be prolific. Peace out.